This is the June 2020 bonus episode of the Master of None podcast. I feel like every time we talk about gardening on the podcast, I bring up the fact that we have a very short growing season here and that our last frost, which for all of you gardeners out there, you know how critical that last frost date is that kind of officially kicks off the start of your growing season. Our last frost doesn't happen until early to mid-June. Well, the night of June 8th into the morning of June 9th, we got a decent snow. Now here at the house, we got maybe an inch, maybe a little less than an inch, but just a few miles away in the town of Laramie, they got, depending on where they were in town, anywhere from like four inches to about a foot of snow. And we're talking June 8th to 9th. So that goes to show you when I say last frost, we could easily be talking about a hard freeze and heavy snow. So hopefully we're past that now and we can start to get some of those more frost sensitive garden plants outdoors. Also, as I record this, uh, tomorrow morning we're getting ready to head out on a little field trip over to Sydney, Nebraska to pick up a couple more breeder rabbits. So that's exciting. That'll give us a total of five. We'll have two males and three females for our meat rabbit breeding operation. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into this month's three items. If you're new to the monthly bonus episodes, we do three items every month, a pro tip, a book recommendation, and a monthly challenge. So this month's pro tip is to oil your cutting boards. Specifically, we're talking about wood cutting boards and not just cutting boards. Anything in your kitchen, any kitchen implements that are made of wood should be oiled consistently. Uh, Depending on how much you use them, that could be once a week, that could be several times a week, it could be once a month, it could be once a year. So let's start with cutting boards. And actually, it doesn't really matter um, what you're oiling. Um, Let me give you some examples. Wood cutting boards, any knives that have wooden handles, any wooden spoons, anything like that should be constantly oiled to keep them in good working order. Not only to keep them in good working order and looking nice, it also is a sanitary issue uh, and will prevent, I guess, uh, bacteria from growing in the little cracks and crevices that are present in wood. Now, if this is something you already do, this really isn't for you. So I'm going to start with the assumption that you have not been oiling your wood cutting boards, your wood knife handles, and so on. So they're probably in pretty rough shape and they probably need a little bit of help. Well, what do we need to do to them? First thing is to wash them, get them nice and clean, and then let them dry very, very well. You want them to be fully, fully dry before you proceed to the next step. Now, depending on how bad of shape they're in, you're going to, well, let me just say, the next step is actually going to be to sand them if they're in rough shape. If if this is something that you do constantly, you're not going to do the sanding process. But if you've never done this, you're probably going to have to sand them down because they're probably a little rough. And if they're really rough, you're going to need to start with a coarser grit sandpaper and work your way down to a finer grit sandpaper until you have those wood surfaces nice and smooth again. And like I said, make sure it's nice and dry before you start sanding. 
Otherwise, that sanding process is really just not going to work well. Now, after you have them sanded down to a nice smooth surface, all you're going to do is take some oil and you have a couple options here. Most people use something called mineral oil, which technically can refer to a whole lot of different products, but generally refers to a uh, petroleum product. I don't know exactly how it's made from petroleum, some sort of distillation process. It is a petroleum product, though, that is theoretically um, food safe. Now, I'm a little skeptical of that because I'm a little skeptical of most petroleum products being actually food safe. So if you're okay with that, that's what most people use is just mineral oil labeled as mineral oil that you could buy at your grocery store or your hardware store. Now, if you have any concerns about that, another alternative would be to use coconut oil. Now, coconut oil is going to be solid at room temperature, but you can easily get it into that liquid state just with a little bit of warmth from your hands or even just the friction of starting to rub it into that wood surface is going to liquefy it. And then as it soaks into the wood and cools off again, it's going to re-solidify. So whether you opt for mineral oil or coconut oil or some other oil, basically all you're doing is applying a very small amount to the surface, allowing it to penetrate the surface, so you really don't have any oil on the surface itself. Now how much are you, or I guess the question is, how often are you going to do this? As a general rule, I would say you're going to oil, if you've never done it before, and you're doing either a new item or restoring some older wood kitchen item, oil it every hour for the first six hours. Then oil it every day for the first week. Oil it every week for the first month and oil it every month thereafter. And that's just kind of a general rule. If you're using it more, it may require more frequent oiling. If you're using it less, it may require less frequent oiling. But you are really going to find that this makes a huge difference in the longevity and even in the function and in the appearance of all of your wood kitchen implements. So keep in mind, this is all of your wood cutting boards. These are your wood handled knives any sort of wooden spoons or any other wooden stirring devices that you use in the kitchen, uh, your wooden cheese press, if you've been following along, if you built your own cheese press, you should be oiling that cheese press frequently. And really anything else you have in your kitchen that's made out of wood, you should, I should say that's made out of wood and is exposed to food or any other sort of moisture, you should be oiling frequently. Okay. Next is our book recommendation for the month. Now, this is a book that's been around for a while and is very popular in what I would call kind of the modern food awareness movement or something. Anyway, our book is called The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan. And this book was one of the first books that really took a close look at the question that we hear so often now, where does your food come from? And the author, Michael Pollan, dives into kind of several different meals, whether that's a meal coming from the fast food industrial agriculture system or the 
organic agriculture system or hunting and gathering and talks about just everything involved in each of those systems. Fascinating book, highly educational. Some of you, I'm sure, have already read this book. Uh, If you have not, though, I highly recommend it. Lastly, the challenge for the month is to eat an invasive species. Now, what is an invasive species? Well, we've talked about this in several other episodes, but basically an invasive species is, first of all, non-native, meaning that it has been relocated from its native environment through some sort of human intervention, not through natural means. Also, it can be either a plant or an animal, and in its new location is causing damage to the environment, reproducing out of control, or displacing some sort of native species. Now, my native species here, where you live, could be invasive, just like your native species where you live could be invasive here where I live. Now, I'm just going to talk about the United States and give you some examples here of some invasive species that you might want to eat. Now, before I give you these examples, I should just give you the disclaimer that when it comes to any sort of hunting or fishing or gathering for that matter, check all of your local laws and regulations and make sure that you're in compliance with those laws and regulations, even when it comes to these invasive species. Because believe it or not, in many, many places, even the harvest of invasive species is regulated. So just be aware of that and make sure that you're in compliance with those regulations. Now, why would you want to eat an invasive species? Other than the fact that there are so many of them that are really good to eat, you're doing a favor for the environment by removing those invasive species from a place where they just don't belong. So here are some ideas for invasive species that you can go out, maybe even gather yourself and eat. And like I said, this is specifically for the United States. Each of the each of these species obviously has its home range where it is not invasive because it has somewhere that it is native to. So, like I said, these are just some examples for the United States. Uh, first of all, uh, there are several different varieties of carp that are invasive in the United States and are easy to find, easy to catch, and really good to eat. Uh, next, if you're not up for the carp, maybe the rusty crawfish. Um, a lot of places in the United States have a problem with ru- with invasive rusty crawfish. Now, there are all sorts of ways to cook them, and they're really good. They're really easy to trap if crawfish trapping is legal where you happen to live, and if you happen to have a population of these. In fact, if these crawfish are invasive where you live and you can get a trap out, you may be surprised just how many you can catch overnight in a very simple trap. Uh, Next is the dandelion. Yes, every single part of the dandelion is edible from the flower to the stem to the leaves to the root. And really good, actually, when prepared properly. Another is... 
We're going to step it up a few notches from the dandelion because, you know, maybe you're not up for going fishing or putting out some crawfish traps, but maybe you can go harvest some dandelions and make a nice dandelion salad. You really want to step up your invasive species consumption. Let's go for a wild hog. Now, wild hogs are not native to the United States. They are invasive. I believe currently there are wild hogs, and I could be wrong about this. I believe they are currently present in 47 of the 50 states in the United States. Uh, I believe the only three states that don't currently have them are Colorado, Wyoming, and Alaska. Um, If I'm wrong about that, and you either live in one of those states that I just said doesn't have them, and you know that they do exist there, let me know. Or maybe you live in a different state, and you know for a fact that you don't have any wild hogs, let me know about that too. Um, Now, particularly in the southern United States, you're going to find a lot of wild hogs. So um, finding an opportunity to hunt them, if you're up for that, should not be a problem. You should be able to find a place to uh, hunt a wild hog. And that is some absolutely spectacular table fare. Now, like I said, each location is going to have its own native species and its own invasive species. So do some research about what invasive species are present where you live, are the greatest concern where you live, and go ahead and target one of those and go out, harvest it, eat it, and even better, after you've done that, send me some pictures, send me the story about about learning about it, about why it's a problem in your area, about your journey of finding it, harvesting it, and preparing it as a meal. Send that story to me, contact at masterofnonepodcast.com. Now, just to recap real quick, our pro tip for this month was on oiling your cutting boards, kitchen knives, kitchen spoons, cheese press, all of that wooden stuff in your kitchen, how to keep that oiled so that it is in top working condition. The book recommendation for this month was The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan. And finally, your challenge for the month is to go out and don't worry if it takes you more than one month to orchestrate all of this between the research and figuring out where you can go and actually getting it done. Anyway, your challenge for the month for this monthly bonus episode is to go out and eat an invasive species. So there you have it. There is your bonus episode for June 2020. I hope you enjoy it and I will catch up with you with another bonus episode next month. Bye.